0: The stories of the South
1: Texas racers from the past and present. Hello, my name is James Parks, and welcome to the Thunder Road Podcast. We are filming here at the Top Hat Signs and Design Studio. At this time, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, ProLine Fabrication, 112 Bodies, s Monuments, and of course, Top Hat Signs and Design. And on this episode, we have Ray Allen multi-time ASCS champion, local racer and shock builder. He's going to tell us his tales, he's going to tell us his stories from the beginnings of being a tricycle motor, all the way to being an ASCS champion. And on this episode of the Thunder Road Podcast, we have Ray Allen Kohanic. Uh, Ray Allen um, has raced just about anything and everything with with wheels, uh, with tires in his steering wheel, I should say. Uh, so, with that being said, Ray Allen, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about uh, young Ray Allen. Tell us a little bit about how you and, and how you got involved in racing. Obviously, we all know the Kohanic name. Uh, the family has been around
0: forever. So. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Um, well, it's this has been kind of a repeat thing. Uh, just I was born and Were raised, car? pretty much for the better part. Two weeks <laughs> after I was born, I was at a racetrack. Uh, but now my my entire family um, has raced. So from my uh, grandpa, my my grandma, uh, uncles, aunts, my dad. Um, even my sisters, we've, you know, we all kind of got into BMX and stuff or whatever all together, me and the girls and cousins and which I'm the only, I was the only boy out of all of the grandkids. So it's kind of funny that I yeah. was pretty much kind of the only one that really could, could honestly just take over the racing ranks. <laughs> it worked out in your favor at yeah, that point. Yeah.
1: So tell us, uh, tell us about some of your early racing experiences. Obviously you didn't just jump into a race car. Um, I don't know where the the power wheel situation was back then, (laughs) but I heard there might've been some tricycle
0: racing. Yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't do the, the power wheel stuff back then. So I was, I guess three, three years old and they had tricycle races every year at the Brazoria County Fair. And uh, anyhow, so uh, at the age of three, I won, I guess, considered my, my first race. I won my first race on a tricycle. So you were the official tricycle Uh, motor. (laughs) Yeah, I was the motor. (laughs) Yeah. No, awesome. and then the following year or whatever they actually they wouldn't even let me race in the tricycle so duel circuit. kicked even. out of the tricycle I, I races? One year is all I got.
1: You were blackballed early. I was early. So at 3 or 4 3 to 4 years old you were blackballed. Yeah. Oh man, yep. it's crazy. Um so so after you get
0: kicked out of the uh, the tricycle <laughs> racing, what do we do from there? Uh honestly, I I I went to races every weekend, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't Really and honestly, racing around our area, uh, which my hometown was uh, Danbury, Texas. So the closest racetrack that we had to home was was actually in Alvin. And at that time was actually called a Triple C Raceway, uh, which was later named to Texas Motor Speedway and then to Texas Thunder Speedway. And a- anyway, um, so they didn't really have any go-kart uh, tracks per se to really race at, at, at you know, at that age. So... Pretty much, I guess, from the age of five, um, I've just really played sports. Um, I was really, really, really good at baseball. I, I kind of wish now that I would have probably pursued that. But, mm-hmm.
1: uh, but Dreams no, can I've, still
0: come true. Like the hooks yeah, have I'm, tryouts every a, now and, I'm and then. I'm a little old. Don't now. tell them. Don't tell
1: them how old you are. <laughs> just swing that bat. Son. Right. If uh, you hit the ball far enough, it doesn't matter how fast you can run. That's
0: what they say. <clears> no, I'm no, not. I'm I'm proof of that. I <laughs> understand. <laughs> But no, I uh, so I I ran, I guess my first race after the whole tricycle thing really wasn't until I was 11 years old, and we got into. Oh, I take that back. At five, I for, I'm forgetting all about my motocross stuff. <laughs> At five, I made my first race on a on a dirt bike. Won my first race on Really? It. Right, forgot about it. Like that. a 125 or something? Uh, yeah, no. <clears throat> uh, well, uh, PW50 uh Hey, races a race. Yeah. Dudley still rides a PW50 today. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No, we won uh, one first race. I, I can't believe I forgot about that. Uh, and where yeah, we, was this track at? In, that in, was in... actually so, I think it was called Rio Bravo, hmm. which was a track next door to Big H Speedway. Really? Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and they ran. Uh, they also ran what they called the National Modified Midget Association, yeah. which was the. My dad had the, one of those. Yeah, the two-stroke mini sprints. Uh, my uncle David and I both raced on the same night. Both won on the same night. Uh, so that was pretty pretty cool. I only got to do that twice. That's my cool. Da- my mom didn't like it too much. No, she no. was she uh, needed a cage. Yeah, cages, I cages a bunch. Cage. So you, uh, we're gonna we're gonna say you
1: mastered the tricycles, <coughs> you mastered the PW fifties, yeah. And then uh, we we decided that, we're gonna do something.
0: That went different. on hiatus. I went on the sports duel and then uh, got into BMX racing at at age eleven. Okay, yeah. So we kind of bounced around doing that. I travel I traveled all over uh, doing that. BMXing. And BMX. yeah. Did you do like stunt bike stuff too? Or just uh, no. no. I was all. I've always been really competitive. Just about racing, going fast, being the first you. one across the line. <laughs> so
1: so tell us about some of your BMX accomplishments. So tell us some of the stuff there. Were you dominant in that as well?
0: Locally, yeah. Um, I know I'm – so you start out like in a novice still, go from <laughs> that to intermediate, then the expert, uh, and then after that would be considered pro. Of course, I've <clears throat> I got out of BMX before I was old enough to to become pro. Um, but I, I mean, I've won a lot. I don't, I don't even remember. I sponsored, I
1: sponsored a little girl one time that raced like BMX bikes, but didn't have pedals. Mm -hmm. They called them gliders or something. It was was the coolest thing I ever saw. They were little kids.
0: They were just rolling down these hills. Not a, not a pedal one. I thought that was pretty cool. Actually, I, I, uh, they had a big, uh, like double points two day weekend BMX (laughs) race here in Corpus Christi that I came (laughs) down here and actually won. No, there's a lot of BMX
1: racers in Corpus, actually. Uh, the Heinemans, uh, the uh, Mrazics, uh, there's a lot of BMX racing here, This uh, This town
0: is the first town that really, really, really chopped my last name up the worst. Really? How'd they say it? <laughs> Can't even say the it that B- bad. It, it was Kubanet. <clears throat> well, that's close. Where in the hell is there a B in my name?
1: <laughs> we make things up as we go. It's Corpus Christi. All right. So now we've done our BMX stuff. We we got our last name chopped up. And then we're, uh, we're,
0: then where are we at? Uh, racing cars? We're going back to sports? No, we I well, I mean, I say doing sports basically all the way uh, through, through high school. I bet I got into racing cars and um, I guess I made my first laps in a car in 96. Um, I ran, I think, like a handful of races in a Ford Pinto car that my uncle had built. Um, Let's call
1: him Uncle David. uh, He he is is his own guy. Let's let's give him his props.
0: 100% his own person for sure. I talked to him this morning, by the way. It was comical. He was a handful. Yeah. So, anyway, he had had put that car together. I ran, like I said, a handful of races there. And then um, in 97 and 98, um, (laughs) My dad had built a a Toyota Silica that I ran all year in ninety seven and ninety eight, one I don't know, I don't remember exactly, but I guess between the two years it was like twenty something. That was a triple C is that That was actually at the time that the track was named Texas Thunder by that time. Okay, but same facility. Same facility. Somewhat. Okay.
1: Um, so we did what we're going to call the mini stocks now. Obviously, that class has progressed and become front runners and stuff, but those are mini stocks yeah. from what I can remember. Uh, a good friend of mine, Robbie Daniels, raced a Toyota Celica. Those cars were pretty quick uh, on the dirt, and I know they ran a lot of that stuff in the asphalt too. So um, you were racing kind of around your local area. You were pretty much dominant in that area. I assume that there was other rides available, maybe some some full-size fender cars, maybe some open-wheel stuff like out of that transition for, for, for young Ray, the kid
0: to be actually become Ray Allen. Uh, so I guess my first, my first car mm-hmm. owner that gave me a shot at something uh, was at the end of 98. He had a stock car. Um, and of course, at that time in the Houston area, I guess the biggest claimed race, you know, to, to go to was the Texas grand. Mm-hmm. So my first Texas grand that I attended was in 1998 in a Big body, long wheelbase Monte Carlo against Camaros. And, and i uh, never been to 112 inches hey, on the wheelbase. 113. Let's well, there get it right. <laughs> So, uh, anyhow, we, uh, we ended up going and actually running really well, uh, at that race, it, you know, considering the the circumstances. And, um, from that led to a, a street stock ride for the following year. And, uh, we ended up winning, I think, like 11 features and rookie of the year, which I didn't even get to start racing that year until like April or hmm. May. So you um, really just kind of took to it. It came uh, naturally yeah, to you. Yeah, first night in the car I won. Uh, and whose car was that? Uh, the guy's name was Gary Pogue. Uh, is he still around? He is. Uh, he's health-wise or whatever is going going downhill a little bit. Um, kind of, uh, I I don't know if it's dementia or, yeah. or but uh, anyhow. Uh, Those things kind of
1: take over. But uh, like I was telling uh, the and in, in talking about in the interview earlier, like, in my eyes, anybody that's ever been a sponsor will always be a sponsor because they helped you uh, along the lines yeah, and car absolutely. owners and that kind of stuff too. So, yeah. uh, so you did that kind of you did that kind of racing full body stuff.
0: Um, and I'm assuming at this point you're still staying in the Houston area. We were racing at. By that time, uh, Alvin had closed down, so we okay. were racing at 105 Speedway. I guess on mm. mo- most Saturday nights, yeah. uh, and then of course off weekends we would go to. Uh, go to Battleground, go to uh, Beaumont over to Golden Triangle, which at that time was Speedway 90. Um, then, of course, Houston Raceway Park got built, um, I guess it was around 2000. And uh, so we we ran out there. Uh, me and that car owner uh, ended up splitting ways. Um, and I ended up uh, becoming friends, or, or my grandparents actually became friends <laughs> with uh, Mark Brown which was Chris Brown's or is Chris Brown's dad and uh, anyhow they uh, became friends and he became a fan or whatever I, you know I was still a young kid at the time and how old were you roughly? Uh that I was 17 okay and uh, so actually for my 18 I ended up he he ended up buying a car for me because that car owner when you say a got, car what kind of car? A uh, street stock street no, sock. Yeah. Right. and then actually like two months later was my 18th birthday and he had bought a modified for my 18th birthday, so that's when I made not my f- a bad
1: present. No, no it not was a bad awesome. present at
0: all. Pretty good. <laughs> you mentioned
1: somebody in your little story there. You mentioned your grandma. Yeah. Um, I had the privilege of getting to meet your grandma at Gulf Coast Speedway. Um, I guess in in our debut of our mini sprint, but um, I had the opportunity to meet her, and man, she was she was really neat in 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 my aspect of getting of hearing her telling the stories, hearing her telling um, basically the tales of of what was Ray Allen. And, and how you got to where you were, and some of the stuff she told me, I had no clue. Um, some of the stuff she told me, you probably don't want to know. But, um, <laughs> no, but she, she, she definitely. I'm going to say a character, but not at all in a bad way. Like she is her own person. Yeah. She knows what she wants. Uh, she's she's all about racing. Yeah, and I'm 100%. not even sure how
0: old she is or young she is. Okay, so she is actually. She's 40 years older than me, so she is 80 80 years old right now. 80 years old. And she had the coolest shoes on. You want to tell the folks about her shoes? Oh, dude, she still has those things. I don't remember what they're called. They're like racers. racers. They racers on the side. So anyway, my first Don't bang on the counter, boys will be mad. My first championship was in 97, and uh, that's when those shoes, I guess, came out. They found them either in some kind of catalog or on the... She was sporting them. I don't remember where they found them. But anyway, so honestly, we all in the family that race, we all had a pair of them. She still has hers. Where's yours? She still has them. I have no idea. (laughs) There's the deal. But they're black (laughs) with checkers on them, and they're called racers. Now, we're going
1: to talk about your grandma a little more when we get to your open-wheel stuff. But right now, it's your 18th birthday. Um, (laughs) I assume this modified wasn't in a box. Probably didn't even have a ribbon on it. But now there's a modified and some opportunity um, for for not Ray the not Ray the 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 child but Ray Allen the grown man now so let's talk about how that deal worked out for you.
0: Um, so like I said on 18th birthday they I I didn't even get to see the car in person on my 18th birthday I had to I I had to unbox so it was like a box like yay big <clears throat> inside of another box inside of another box inside that of gag. another box wrapped in duct tape. All right, no knives. Had to pull, pull out of a part anyway. It was, it. it was a picture in a frame of of the modified. So <clears throat> we went and ran the first night in it, and I finished second first night in it. Um
1: And then and where course, did you run
0: that at? At one hundred five. One hundred five. Yeah. Do you remember what kind of modified it was? It was a Smilies. Smiley's a Smilies car Smiley's chassis. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Old Z Link with a few. You were smiling and, in the Smiley's. I was. That's awesome. Ear to ear. Should have made a commercial for him. Right there. <laughs> oh, I've I got plenty of years of experience <laughs> with smileys. I will promise.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, the the smiley's, uh modified deal. You went out. You ran. What did you What did you do in
0: that deal? You made get some accomplishments in that car. Yeah, I didn't race it very long. So I pretty much stayed in the seat of the modified for roughly about a year, or no, a little little less than a year. Um, <laughs> I guess my accomplishment or whatever, in that that duel was um, the end of the year. They had the, I guess it was called the Fall Classic or something yeah. like that. At one hundred five, was a five thousand to win race, and and I ended up winning that race. Then um, that was you know outrunning the likes of Howard Willis and Robbie Starnes and.
1: Big names, I, big names, big yeah, names in that area. Yeah, absolutely. And also, big names in, in Texas, but yeah. in that area, those names were pretty staunch. Like those were the guys to beat. It was it was a pretty tough fought race or whatever. What to do they win. think about this young kid that was once just a tricycle a tricycle <laughs> motor
0: uh, coming up there and, and and kind of making them work I, a little harder? At that time, I I mean, I had the name just because of my last name and because of my grandparents and the rest of my family, yeah. um, but I hadn't really. I guess I, I don't feel like I had really established myself, you know, in the likes of their eyes yet other than they. Do you feel like the last name made it easier for you or made it harder for you at times? Harder. Harder? Uh, yeah. No, there's big shoes to fill, you know, knowing, you know, Papa's accomplishments, Grandma's accomplishments, my Uncle David's accomplishments. They, you know, everybody was pretty, pretty well established that they were, you know, front-running, you know, People in racing and yep. and they they won a lot. So who's the slowest Kohanic? Um, don't say grandma. No, I, I'll hit you. I'll hit I'm, you for I her. don't. I don't really want to. <laughs> s- <laughs> we'll come I, back I, to that. I later. don't want to say it was my dad, but my dad never won as many races as. <laughs> That's the rest all right. Of us. We're just having a good time. Yeah.
1: So so the modified deal. Uh, you didn't stay in that very long. No. Why? What was um, the reasoning for
0: that? So this is. This is the story of how Chris Brown got started okay. in the racing. So obviously, <clears throat> like I said, we uh, met with Mark, and anyhow, Chris uh, was going to school, and so he you know, was gone quite a bit. Anyhow, he uh, ended up uh, coming to the races to check it out, and we ended up putting my four-cylinder mini stock back together because he was like, man, I think this is cool. I think I might want to try it. You dug the old so out of we the dug weeds. dug out of the weeds, got it back up together and running, told Mark, you know, let him let him cut his teeth in this and make sure, you know, he's for sure he wants to do that before, you know, you, you yeah, go spend and the money. money. So uh did that. And next thing you know, we're over the winter. We're building a brand-new limited for him. and. <laughs> I stayed racing the Modified. and Is then the Celica still around? The Celica, it is around. I just don't know where it's at. It's uh, somewhere back. If anybody has seen Ray yeah. Allen's Celica, let it's, us know. It is a The tricycle somewhere. also, that could be worth, you know, <laughs> worth I a little know. bit to get them no to sign idea. it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so anyhow, that's, I want, basically until Memorial Day weekend of 01, I had ran the Modified for them. And more or less, it, it turned into, man, I'd really want to, you know, kind of sink the money into getting... You know Chris going and trying to get him going better, and so understand. You know, Um, so basically for about two months, I went without a ride at all. You know, my family. You know, we just never had a lot of money, and uh, got got fortunate enough to get put in the right situations. That you know, talent got me got me rides, which is really hard to do now. Like Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty unspoken of for. You know, just a talented racer to be able to go and no, just catch a ride.
1: I think it's gotten harder, and in fact, I think Tony Stewart touched on that either this week or last week uh, in his NASCAR deal. Basically, yeah. saying he wanted a guy that had the talent, didn't necessarily care how much money they had. Right. Right. Um, and and it's it is hard, especially with the with the younger crop of racers that are
0: coming up. You know, they're they're starting so early. Um, it, I, I'm at- i'm jealous of that i wish i could have started earlier but you know just the way the way of the times you know the way things have changed is i mean kids are starting now i mean shoot it seems like you know three, four, five years old rebel rebel will be will be starting racing go-karts at four yeah
1: and and that was unheard of even for myself right, i didn't actually right. start racing till i was 16 yeah um so uh I, I go to the go-kart track just like you do, and I see the younger and younger racers. And, and, yeah, those guys, some of them are super talented and some of them aren't. That's just the way it is. Yep. But how do you feel like – how do you feel – how do you think that works for you? Like how do you really get out there and say, I am Ray Allen. I do have this kind of talent. I, I'm still a factor, you know, even with all these young bucks, with with stacks and stacks of of cash coming behind them
0: be honest with you i really don't know i don't really know how to answer that one other than i just i mean i i i guess i have a background um and and you know years of experience on top of you know from the basically around the time of me being 18 and, and racing Dude. for the browns you know i got my hand got forced and i had to start learning how to to work on my own cars um i was i was spoiled you know at you know 14 15 16 17 with having my uncle David and my and my dad, yeah. you know they were always in my back pocket to be able to make sure my race cars got around the racetrack. And which you know, like there's kids like the like the Whitakers, you know they they got a, a good background and mm-hmm. and they, you know they're bringing their kids up in the race cars that are already handling well, and that that makes a big no, difference. it makes a
1: huge difference. Uh, uh, getting into a car that that does what it's supposed to do right. versus getting into a car that has n- no getting doing what it's right. supposed to do is is a big deal. Yeah. So. Um, not taking anything away from the younger racers, but no, no, no. having a, like having a properly
0: prepped race car is a, yeah. is a big deal It can make you or break you. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it's tough. There there's, it, you can, you can sit back, you know, and watch, watch a lot of the kids that are in the go karts that, you know, you can, you can see that they actually do have talent because they do overcome an ill handling yeah. cart. And, um, uh, so it's like, man, I'd really like to go help that kid out, like help him get going. Yeah. Um, but that's probably where, what's led me to where you Ray know Allen. I am now. As far as I, I'm, I, I had to learn how to work on my own stuff and yeah. how to set my cars up and and pick up on everything that led me to where I am. So, now.
1: so pretty much what I know of Ray Allen is Ray Allen um, gets up in the morning in his race car it is race and his race car. And Ray, uh, Ray Allen goes to bed in his race it car. Is race car. Um, everything in between is just race car. Pretty much. All right. Yeah. So let's go back. So you you did your your I'm going to call it a stint. You did your stint with the, with the Browns racing for them, and then obviously their their situation changed. Um, you sat out a little bit, and then uh, what happened at that point? Something had to get you. Something had to get you
0: back into the race cars because the tricycles were out. So. My lifelong dream from the time I was a little kid was always I always wanted to race sprint cars. That was just always what I wanted to do. I always I just was fascinated with them and just cause you saw them in the Houston area I, I, and you're yeah, like, that's what we gotta do. My Uncle I'll David raced sprint cars and stuff with the <clears throat> Texas super sprinters uh when I was a little kid and I just I always enjoyed it. Um so the two month stretch that I went without a ride, um my my dad was racing a limited modified uh for a man named Jerry Jackson and he had an AC business. So the future car owner that I didn't know was gonna happen, uh, David Miller, his AC had gone out at his at his house and he was, you know, probably five, five, ten miles down the road from Jerry's place. And anyhow, my dad went with Jerry to make the call to David Miller's house to go uh, work on the A C on the A C. Well the shop was open and my dad walks by, sees the sprint card, so he's walking around looking at it and David walks in the shop, and he's like, well, what do you think? So my dad said, man, I wish I had the money to put my my boy in one of these. He's always wanted to race one. He said, well, I know who your boy is. Tell him to come to the racetrack next week. He said, bring his stuff. I'll let him hot lap it. (laughs) So dad came back, you know, and told me me what was said. You're never going to believe what just happened. The following (laughs) weekend, I showed up to the racetrack. (laughs) I never spoke to him, you know, in person or anything before, but. I walked up carrying my helmet bag and said, Hey, my dad said that uh I could drive this car. I could hot lap the car or whatever <laughs> if I showed up on my race and stuff. And he said, Well, yeah. So what day what day do you think your dad uh made the deal
1: with this gentleman? Roughly? It was on a Saturday. It was on a Saturday. So and you had to wait you had to wait a whole Saturday. Wait a whole, you whole, whole didn't week. sleep
0: all week. I he waited until like midweek to tell <laughs> uh, me this. I'm
1: just saying, cause the Ray Allen I know, yeah, he yeah. didn't
0: sleep all no, week. he waited until midweek <laughs> to tell me. And uh so I showed up and uh, uh got in the car and and went out for hot laps and um uh, no I, no let's let's back up a little bit because sprint cars
1: are are normal to you sprint cars not, are not normal to me so you were a tricycle motor uh <laughs> and then you did your your celica and then you did your 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 Street fender sucks. car and next thing you know you're sitting in this monster tell tell the folks that don't know what a sprint car is what a sprint car is um Hercules on wheels. Pretty much. Pretty much. It, it doesn't <laughs> uh, want to be tamed. It no, can't be tamed. No, they're,
0: they're not. It's just it, – you can't drive them slow. Uh, the slower you drive them, the more ill-handling Ill they are, the harder they are to drive. And they don't um, want to be driven. <clears throat> no, no. You, you manhandle a sprint car, like, the, I mean, the whole time. Uh, even under caution. I mean, just holding one straight under caution yep. is
1: – That's what I'm saying. I want the folks <clears throat> to understand – this is not something like you just get in, he's not driving a Cadillac. No. No, he's not driving an off-road buggy either, but uh, what he's driving is a machine that's made to go fast. Yeah. It is not made to do to me, anything
0: else. To me, like I said, I was raised raised around it, seen them, been around them. Um, so, like, it wasn't, I, I didn't feel out of place, I yeah. guess. Um, I didn't. Intimidated? Yes, Absolutely. Um, and that's okay more, I, I think those cars should be intimidating well I, I always say anytime you race and you and you're not afraid a little bit then you're pretty much gonna not have a good night you kind of got to live on the edge of being being afraid and, and pushing pushing that limit um but yeah no i got i got in the car and and went out and hot lapped and come off the racetrack and you know i i did i i don't know i didn't feel like i'd just Cut the fat hog in the ass, but I felt like I made okay laps. Well, anyhow, I get back to the to the pit stall, and he comes walking up, grinning. He said, "Well, you want to race it?" I said, "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> He's yeah. I said, "Hell yeah!" So first night in the car, I uh, <clears throat> I started eighth in the in the heat race, ran fourth, and then I guess we started about tenth or so in the in the feature. And of course, I ain't been in anything that's just gone that fast. These are 360s, a, it 10s, a three sixty. It was a three. It was a three sixty motor uh, on carburetor. Okay. So methanol. Uh, it was, I guess, the kind of the ending of the uh, Texas Super Sprinter deal. They okay. they kind of transitioned from what they had used to be to the full size wings, full size wheels, and then up to a three sixty cubic inch motor. But still a, a powerful machine. Still yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it was about probably about six hundred horses or so in those. So you raced that around <laughs> the Houston area as well. Stayed local a little I, bit. I did. Um, so I ran. They only or David only let me run uh, four races because uh, he had already he had a plan. I guess in in mind that I wasn't aware of at the time. But they they had a rule: as long as you ran no more than four races, then you could compete for rookie of the year. <laughs> So, basically... I he had got, already planned that out he, for you. Yeah, I had no idea. So, I ran my four races. Uh, first night in the car, I, like I said, went eight to 4th in the heat and didn't realize, like, how fast these things really were. And anyhow, I, I clipped an infield tire, knocked front end out of it, which I thought I just demolished the race car. Was it and, hard to steer? Uh, yeah, you can't have it. So... <laughs> Actually, all it was was a couple of radius rods, and it was just back together and so anyways, I thought I tore the race car up really bad, and it was no big deal uh but anyhow, the following week, we went to uh uh to Gator over in Willis, and we ended up leading three quarters of the race. I got past like two or three laps hmm. ago, ended up running second uh ran second one more time, and then had a fourth also and he's like all right we're 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 done and I was like, "What?" So I'm just getting the hang of this. Yeah. So anyhow, he had, that's when he told me, he's like, I want you to come race for me full time next year. And I was like, oh, okay. So his plan was he wanted me to go out the following year and compete for a championship and win rookie of the year. Um when you say compete, compete locally, or so we ran uh then we were running uh 105 Speedway at Cleveland, uh Gator Speedway, uh s- and then Speedway 90, which was Golden Triangle uh in Beaumont.
1: right, so you guys traveled around. You did that. Did you end up winning the championship that next year? The following
0: year, I did end up winning the championship. We won, I think, somewhere 11, 13 features. Um, Championship there uh, at Gator, and then championship over at uh, 105 as well. So So two championships. They did track championships. Y'all ran like Fridays
1: and Saturdays, I'm assuming. That not alternating weekends. Alternating weekends. weekends, okay. So after you did that, you kind of dominated in the sprint car deal. Obviously, you transitioned into some, I'm going to say, faster sprint cars for maybe not yeah. having uh, the correct terminology. But tell us a little bit about that transition.
0: <clears throat> so I guess, yeah, it was 02, my first in my rookie year. Uh, 03, we did one more year with the car-rated 360 dual. I won three championships uh, or track championships that following year. Uh, I think 13, 14 features, somewhere around there. And then in 2004 uh was our first year rookie year with uh ascs uh series gulf south region series so the ascs is a traveling series that was a traveling 360 series. sprints 410s what 360
1: are 360s mm-hmm. okay and these are full-blown sprint cars for for yeah. the area this yeah. is these are these are racing machines yes sir most of these aren't just out of somebody's backyard they're so no, it, it was
0: it was pretty much found out real quick once we got into the ASCS ranks like how much of a job this actually was. Yep. You know, racing on a on a local Saturday night and and working a job, you know, you you do what you can after you get off work and of course, you know, racing pretty much consumes your life outside of the job and um, so 2004 I uh, ended up like I said going to run an ASCS with David Miller and we Ended up Fourth in points But Only We had to miss one race David uh, Had gotten sick And at that time I was You know I was still young enough Nobody would just Cut me loose with the How old were you Chuck I was 21 How old are you now not to be forty one, and I wouldn't cut you <laughs> loose you the weekend with my car either. Yeah. So no, I didn't, I didn't even realize car. this earlier, but that I didn't even realize I'm actually in my twenty fifth year this year uh racing cars. Man, so, that's a
1: long time. Yeah. That's a
0: long time of, of going to bed race car, waking yeah. up yeah. race car. Yeah, no, and that started at at
1: probably age two or three, probably. So tricycle Motor Time. Yeah. yeah. All right, so now we are ASCS. We are we are learning things maybe the hard way, realizing
0: that, as you said, this is a job. Yeah. So tell so, us a little bit about that 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 transition for for Ray Allen. 2004 was basically kind of the same thing. My first two years, um, I pretty much relied on David Miller and and um, a guy named Danny Parrish was a crew guy. To they were doing all of those the setups on the car. So I I decided that I wanted to more or less learn you know what was going on with the car because I felt like as long as I knew what was going on with the car, it'd make me a better driver. Um, so basically in 2004 was when at the start of me wrenching on my own car. Uh, so we ended up, uh, running, like I said, all of 2004 ended up fourth in points, most improved driver of the year. Um, one, one feature win, um, as far as with the ASCS cars. And then we had another local feature win that they just ran. They ended up pulling like, um, a race for a Gator, that they just pulled a bunch of ASCS cars because there was an off weekend type deal, and they just threw a race together, and we ended up winning that. Winning one. that one. So you raced around that area, you did the ASCS stuff, and
1: obviously things are progressing because you're winning races. People are people are recognizing the name, people are are seeing that things are happening, um, and and that in itself led to some bigger some
0: bigger and better deals for you. Yeah. So, pretty much at the end of two thousand four, David had told me he was like, "Man, I." I want to help you go further. He's like, but I'm tapped out. Like, I just, I mean. It's expensive. We, we can con- continue to race, but I feel like you're talented enough to to catch a better ride. And um, so he was like, you know, kind of explore around, see if you, you can put some fillers out and, and land a ride. If not, then, you know, let me no know. No harm,
1: no foul. If you yeah, can do no, better, there long. was
0: There was absolutely no harm. And that, no was, that was nice of him to tell you that. Right, right. So I ended up uh, pursuing uh, Marvin Pearson, and just because I knew I knew of his equipment that he had. And I was like, man, I feel like if I get get a shot in, in a top quality car, you know, not knocking what me and, and Miller had together. Then it was just we were, were on had. a budget. Yeah. Um, and we we did accomplish a lot together in that year. We ran some national races, even ran a couple of top fives in national shows with our what some? ASCS motor and so I, I, I'm, I'm proud of my rookie year with you that you basically but took a nice to a gunfight uh, we did a lot uh, but in 2005 I ended up landing a ride with Marvin and I made a promise to him at the <clears throat> at the beginning of the year that if he gave me a shot I said I'll win you five at least five features in in the ASCS championship and he said that's a pretty big lot to fill and I said I think I think with the equipment you have and I, I think I think did I can you, get it did done did you accomplish it I did one hundred percent. You were a man of I your got, word. I got five feature wins and a championship. Exactly five. Exactly five. You are like I got
1: to win this one because this, this is done. <laughs> yeah, I got five.
0: So what year was that? <laughs> what year was that you started uh, driving for him? Uh, that was in two thousand five. Two thousand five. It, it okay. was a it was a one year deal. Um, just kind of this scenario of I was wanting to race a lot, and and the guys that I was racing for really you know um, didn't have the funds or means to. To really travel and race as much as I was trying to, yeah. Um, like so you had I said, to find I different was, opportunities. I was trying point. to trying to become a full time racer, and and um, so kind of in between, I, I had a few jobs here and there working. I worked for a machine shop, you know, doing some motor stuff. I I mean, worked for a tree a tree company cutting trees. Uh, did you plumbing the tree? I did not. All right. I'm just yeah, curious. No. Plumbing company. Um. Ran heavy equipment and stuff for my grandparents and for another company as well, and so I always kind of like had jobs and whatnot in between all of this. And then, uh, but it was always that deal. If if there was a race or a two or three day race that's over here in this state or whatever, hey boss, I ain't gonna be there this weekend. I think that's that still the deal today. It can be. And <laughs> the, the good thing, I'm my own boss now. <laughs> all
1: right, so we're we're running around. We're doing the ASCS now. We're driving for for the other gentleman um things are things are shaping up for you as far as experience goes um and you're growing your name is like i said or your name is still growing people are noticing people are mm-hmm. seeing things and that
0: opened up other opportunities for you yeah so like i said the end of 2005 with with marvin same thing we we cut the road short i ended up catching another rod with an uh Man named James Parks, or I'm James Parks. James James Parker, (laughs) James Parker. Hell yeah! He's actually from Corpus area, but he was up that way. Uh, So anyhow, the
1: the other story better
0: (laughs) sounds good. We'll get to that at the end of this. (laughs) So anyhow, uh, so I ended up racing for James Parker. Same thing. He 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 was on a budget, but he was willing to. Do whatever it took to be able to send me on on the road and yeah. and, and race basically. So I was racing Gulf South Region full time, and then anytime we had an off weekend, we would go run with the Sooner Region or the National Tour or just whatever we could pick well, up. Was the go thought race. process
1: on that? You're only as good as who you race. So if you race the same guys Absolutely. over and over, I still believe was,
0: that it was just kind of
1: monotone. And then you got to race against other guys, which helped kind of hone your skills. Yeah, and also that helped put your name out there too. So. As much as as much as you thought you were just out there racing, you were really spreading your wings and, and getting your name out to a much larger area.
0: Yeah, uh, it was. I can say this: all of the stuff that we did in those earlier years were, was tough. And I'm back then, it was hard for me to be, I guess, proud of some of the things that we did because, I mean to me a fourth place finish don't sound good but when you think about the circumstances and you think about the guys you were racing with and you know and not being at or not seeing some of the tracks that we went to yeah. and like the first time I show up at it like one of them it, tracks closed down uh, but in 2004 we ran I think fourth from 16th in a national show at Joplin Missouri I don't even remember what the track was named now but uh, that was pretty pretty badass and and but like I said, looking at all of that stuff, it was it was pretty neat. Some of the things that we did, I have stories for days. We could be on here for hours and hours. Uh, but no, nah, so we. This is a one part show. So, yeah. So uh, you've heard you've heard a couple of them. So the James Parker deal, uh, like I said, I ran for him in '06 and '07. We just kind of just bounced around, ran as much as possible, but that it led to a lot of races but it also led to a lot of DNFs mm. um just kind of one of those deals it was all about you know go to the next race go to the next race go to the next race and um i was still you know kind of learning the ropes on you know maintenance and and different things to do on the cars and preventative things you know yeah. uh so that's kind of what led to the to a lot of DNFs and and a lot of it was part failure you know, just different things like that. But we I think in oh seven we led like eight different feature races and and something would happen. Hmm. So that was pretty discreet. <clears throat> yeah, as they say you had that
1: monkey on your back yeah, at I that did, point. For sure. The, the the jackpot was so close it just yet so
0: far away. Yeah. So so how long did you run for Parker? Uh f- 06, 07, and oh eight. Um I ran for him. Also in 08, like I said, we ended up losing motor at the beginning of the season, so money tied up in an ASCS motor was big deal. big deal. Um, so my engine builder at the time was D. Fox. Um, I believe he builds Howard's engines. He does, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyhow, he uh, he had they had kind of brought the car-rated sprint car deal back to the area. So while we were gathering up the money to, to get our ASCS motor back together, D was constantly just giving me motors that he would, like, throw together. And it, when I tell you it's mix-match parts, I believe like, he, you pull the valve cover off, and, like, it had all kinds of different rocker I believe he put duct it.
1: tape over the temperature uh, gauge and said, so don't worry did. about that.
0: The first night and with one of those motors, that was I told him it was running hot. I'd won my heat race, but it was, like, 240 degrees in the heat. And uh, he's like, all right. He's like, go get a Coke and a cheeseburger. I'll fix it. I said, all right. So been watching races. I come back to the car. I'm getting my helmet and stuff. I go crawl in the car or whatever, and I look up at the dash, and there's a piece of tape over the temperature gauge where I couldn't see it. Dee's standing there, and he's laughing. I said, "D, what the hell is that? He said, I fixed your temperature problem. Run that bitch till she blows. I said, all right. Well, we ended up winning it and literally pulled up on the slab after winning the race blew the top of the radiator off mm-hmm. on the slabs. So. You
1: won. It's all mattered. You won. won. So the ASCS obviously you had some some uh heavy hitters in that deal. Um you were racing against what I'm gonna consider in our area full blown race teams uh, for yeah. the most part. Um obviously you stayed in the ASCS um
0: series for a long time.
1: Yeah. And so tell us a little bit more about how the transition from from running the running the mismatched uh, motors that D was building you. I mean, obviously you ended up in some really good equipment at some point.
0: Yeah, so 08, like I said, with Parker, we ran just kind of some local stuff. And then I ended up, um, I, in between all of those years, I would always get a ride, you know, here and there at some money shows between uh, running street stocks, um, went up and ran that big street stock race, At Batesville, Arkansas, that it was used to be ten thousand win. I don't even, I don't remember uh, if they still do that. Yeah, something like that. Um, Which we actually ended up finishing third at that. Um, Then, so that year, I ended up running a limited for, for a guy, and and on top of running just some here and there sprint car races for James till we were getting our motor back together, I ended up winning like twenty three races or whatever in a limited for. Lester Bowles, that was his name. He had Brazoria uh, Brazoria County Bell Bonds. Hmm. Um, And uh, so at the end of the year, we got our ASCS motor back together, and we we went and ran like five races, I think. And uh, we ran well. Um, But by the end of that year, he was tapped out. And so I was kind of back to being without a ride. I did finish the year with him, and we finished – our relationship together, it's as far as racing, uh, we we won our last race together, which it took me 10 years to accomplish it. And it was always my unicorn that I just, I could never win that race. I let it. I don't know how many times. Um, had something happen, taken away, took out. I mean, I mean but I finally won the Texas Grand and Sprint Car.
1: No, the Texas Grand is a, is a big deal in, in Texas. Um, it's always been in the Houston area. I think it's kind of bounced around to some different tracks now, mm-hmm. but... No, that was the premier race for a long time. Obviously, years ago we had the Rio Grande Speedway, the Miller Nationals. Went and ran that. You had we had that deal. We had Corpus would run a big show here, but the Texas Grand was kind of its standalone event and, and everybody knew if you're going to the Texas Grand, you had to have your shit together. Yeah. No matter what class you were in. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's still still up and going. They're they're carrying on the trans or the the, the tradition. tradition of it. Um Joey Smith kind of kind of took it over from from David Solwester and so it's it's still going. Uh, I, how we went and tried to run it this past year. <laughs> Thought <laughs> no, I was going to win it. We, we we did we did run it. We did yeah, run it. We just so didn't uh, finish it.
1: Yeah, one of those deals. Uh, so 2016, uh, you're running ASCS. Um, I just want to clarify these were 360 ASCS yep. cars, yep. Um, and you were at the Hockett McMillan Memorial, mm-hmm. right? Um, tell us uh, tell us about what happened there for the for the folks that don't know. Um,
0: so. And whose car were you driving at that point uh, I, so I ran for David Miller I went back to racing for David Miller in 2010 and then from 2010 through 2015 I uh, was under under his banner um, and that's that those those five years is pretty much kind of what I guess stamped my name and in, in, in racing um, we went on a on a terror there and in, in, we won championship after championship, in like 2010, 11, 12, and 13, so four years in a row, and then um, just keeping the it, name out just, there. Yeah, and we ran, we raced a lot. We we went and ran besides the Gulf South region and, and national tours, and da 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 da. And then so anyway, we by the time 2016 rolled around, I took over ownership of of the sprint car team, and. So I'd started out the year running, you know, running under my own banner. And um, I got rid of one of of my 360 engines to buy a 410 so I could kind of just do a hit and miss deal. And uh, so we ran some outlaw shows and then was running 360 stuff. And then by the middle of that year in 2016, I guess around June, July, uh bruce griffith had contacted me about uh going and running you know a weekend for him <clears throat> so i ended up going and racing for him that weekend and we won first night in the car um the next night we that was at uh 67 speedway at Texarkana, and then the next night we went to I think greenville um we ended up running third i think in that one so the weekend's over he asked me if I wanted to race for him full time, so I was like, "Well, yeah." Then race on, you know, somebody else's dollar and go back to being a full time race car driver and and not having to worry about anything other yeah. than just racing. <laughs> um, it was a big opportunity for it, you. It was. It was. It was very big. Um, I just I didn't realize um, where his head was at at the time. You know, I was thinking, you know, well, well I'll, I'll run you know, the Gulf South region and then kind of, you know, continue to do the same thing that we were doing. And he, he had the aspirations of, he wanted to, you know, put his team back out on the road. Bigger and better things. And so I was like, man, yeah, this is going to work out great. And uh, so we went and ran Um, Knoxville, had a pretty decent showing going in in Knoxville and um, come back home, got our ducks back in a row and finished our last Gulf South region uh, uh, race that year, and then we were going to go and and run on the national tour for the rest of the season. So first weekend to go, I guess, be considered being on the tour, which it was at the end of the year, um, was at Lucas Oil Speedway, and and anyhow, I was <clears throat> I was leading I was leading the B Main. Um, The car ended up having a fuel leak about two two or three laps into the start of the race. And then I was just being sprayed with fuel the entire time of racing. And when I tell you methanol is cold, you don't really realize how cold it is until you're soaked in it. But at that point, you probably realized you were in trouble. I know. I I knew what I was doing. Um, But at that time, you know, I'm back to racing cars for a living. And I'm looking at, okay, I got... You know, at a minimum, I, I make the show. I got a $1,000 payday. I don't make the show. I make 100 bucks tonight. So by that time, I had a little girl. Um, so i doing what I got to do. risked it. You risked I knew as long as I was leading the race and I, I had control over the situation, I knew how to control the situation. Um, obviously, uh, for the people that don't know, you know, the exhaust on sprint cars run, you know, right along basically your your foot box of where you're sitting so as long as you don't let off off the throttle it it won't backfire you yeah. know through the exhaust so i knew as long as i could stay on the fuel then i would be okay so lead and lead and lead i'm coming coming into turn three uh knowing i'm about to take the white While well, i came up on three lap cars that were all side by side by side so I didn't have a choice. I knew not to chop off the throttle, so I just barely just cracked off of it and started dragging the brake so I could stay in it. But that was, was just enough. enough that it it lit. And uh, so from, I, all I'll say is it was 24 seconds from the time it lit up to the time that I was put out. So that was from the time it lit up i you know was still obviously going on the track, got the car stopped, got unbuckled, got out, was rolling on the ground, and the fire crew was already on me so safety crew did their job, got you put out, man, I thank God still today that I was at that facility when that accident happened and and that's something that is it's sad to say uh, a lot of the you know a lot of the race tracks don't take you know safety precautions you know as serious as as they should. As and as racers, you know, and I'm just as guilty of it even today, but, um, we all know what we're getting into as, as a racer. We know what we signed up for. And I, I just, I know better now that I, no matter what the situation is, I'll never put myself in that situation again. Uh, so that it's, it was- Sometimes we have to learn lessons the hard way. Well, also that one was a hard one to learn. Just like I said, I- had I stopped, you know, then, yeah, we'd race the next mm-hmm. night and the next night. And then I, I would have made money and not cost myself two and a half weeks in a hospital and skin grafts and missing my little girl for two weeks. Uh, didn't even get to see her till I got back home. And um, so it's just uh, it, it was a tough deal. It's
1: one of them deals. We, we, we make decisions. Uh, as I say, sometimes we make life decisions, good, bad or otherwise, mm-hmm. but the decisions we made and we live with them. And we learned from them. Uh, not, you can't always just beat yourself up about them. At, at the same time, it it matured you a little bit, whether you realize it or not. You know, The decision you made to stay in the gas, as we say, yeah. um, all that stuff ha- has matured you to today. So obviously, you had some time for healing. Uh, you had some time just to basically get Ray Allen back together. Um, what happened after, after that deal? After your transition of the healing, after your transition of getting to the point where you're like, yeah, I can go back and do this. Did you say, I'm coming back with a vengeance? Did you say,
0: I'm just going to come back and make laps? Like, where no, did we I, go from there? I was <clears throat> I was chasing that dream, you know. I had, I had the opportunity to go on the national tour. Um, so while I was laying there in the hospital I, and whatnot, I was asking the doctors, you know, hey, you know, how long is it going to take me to get back in a car? And uh, the prediction of how long it was going to be was going to be probably March to April of the following year. Um, I, I didn't understand like why you know why will it take so long to heal and uh, the reason why it was predicted that way is because most honestly most patients don't follow the regimen of yeah. what needs to be done to heal properly and in a timely manner and so I asked them I was like man what, what do I got to do to speed this process up and they're like you're literally going to have to stay at home stay inside don't get out and literally take a bath <clears throat> every day So done. I'm what I did. This is what we're doing. That's what I did (laughs) as as miserable as it was. uh, that's what I did. And the prediction was March or April of the following year. And come that November, um, you're ready to race. I was ready to race. And I showed back up at my doctor's appointment and he said, I was clear. I literally left the doctor's office, went straight to a racetrack, uh, knowing that it was a good chance that I might have a shot at being able to race. So, uh, Randy Allen and I had already kind of been conversating about me possibly being able to race. Well, you didn't have anything else to do, so I'm sure you talked race car. Yeah, I had already been over at the shop getting the car ready to go, and I was like, look, if I can't race, you're going to race. So um, anyhow, I I showed up to the track, said, I'm clear, here's my papers, got in the race car, and uh, it was a little rocky. Um Getting getting back in that night uh, and going through all the qualifying purposes of the Texas Grand, um, which the previous year I had actually won the Texas Grand driving for Randy Allen in the three hundred five, and I ended up winning it in the street stock. So two cars in the. So when you strapped back forward. in that car that night, I'm <coughs> sure you had thoughts, or you just put that behind you, or what? No, was? Uh, I it, I tried to put it behind me, but the the thing I guess that bothered me was like rolling through the pit area. Like going to staging, I kept having like the feeling, like the cold the cold feelings. Like I felt like I was Happening. being sprayed in the car ain't even running. I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm gonna do this. But I didn't say that to nobody. So, but as soon as we got on the track, flipped the switch on, it was like just bing, it was gone. Um Just like riding a bike. It was. Uh, ended up, like I said, we ended up winning the Texas Grand my first first time back in a back in a car after the accident. Um, so not only did you just come here
1: and move here, you came here and you're actually uh, doing your deal. You're doing your, your shock business, your uh, Ray Allen Kahanik, your RK, RAK uh, Consulting mm-hmm. and Shocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about the transition and getting used to the Corpus area and some of the stuff that you have going on here.
0: You know, it it's, was one of those deals of I was trying to figure out really like, you know, what. What do I want to do in my life that I don't feel like I just want to shoot myself when I wake up to go to work every day? Um, and I've been around racing my whole entire life. I've never really—I've had a lot of jobs, and I'm capable of doing a lot of things, but I just, like— It wasn't what you wanted to do. Yeah. I, being around racing has always been in my heart, um, and so I wanted to I wanted to be able to start my own business and not work for the man. You know, So I I started a shock business. I don't, I don't and take it personally. It's okay. <laughs> Um, I just kind of wanted to do, do my own deal and, and help, you know, a lot of the racers and stuff out with the knowledge that I've gained over the years. And, you know, I don't, I don't go out claiming to be the end all be all to, to racing or anything like that, or that I know more than anybody else. It's just, uh, I feel like I have knowledge to spread and to help some of the younger, younger guys coming up or even guys that, you know, have been doing well, but are in a, in a rut. You know, I, I just, I guess I've always been pretty, pretty decent at understanding the cars and and what to do to a car, you know, when guys can communicate on trying to make it do this or that. So that's pretty much kind of why I started, started the shock business and just enjoying working with guys. I was on the phone for about three hours with customers today.
1: So tell us, uh, tell us about grandma. Tell us what happened with the, with the infamous, uh, Kohanic family reunion <laughs> on the racetrack. So um,
0: back to the Jerry Jackson duel. Um, Don't be bashful. She's going to listen. <laughs> she'll, she'll probably have another thing to say about <laughs> it too. Um, so this was in 2000. Um, it was, like I said, the first year that the limited modified class had started. So um, Jerry Jackson had, he had ended up with two or had two uh, limiteds built and, And, uh, so anyhow, he had, uh, grandma drive one and I was driving the other one, uh, basically for, for a night anyway. Uh, that was at the time I was racing for the Browns running the modified in the street stock. And so anyhow, um, like I said, something, something happened in the heat race to my car. I don't remember if it was a flat or something broke. Um, but so I was going to have to start in the back of my heat. Grandma ended up running well enough in hers that she started on the front two rows. And so anyhow, uh, she's she's running second. And um, I finally get up to third and get behind her. And so I start kind of dicing around, you know, poking my nose in places or whatever with her and realizing, like, I can't get by. Did you realize it was Grandma at this I, point? I, I knew it was Grandma. Um, so anyway, I'm like, damn it, Grandma, go. Like, one of us has got to win this race. So anyhow, I... Uh, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I, I I had to put a bumper to her, so I had shoved her up the racetrack or whatever. Went went by her, caught the leader, ended up winning the race. I win. She finishes third. And uh, like I said, I was still in high school uh, at the time, so I was living at home with Grandma and Papa and my dad and. And uh so she didn't she didn't talk to me for about two weeks. A lot of folks say I would I would uh I would
1: spin my mother out to win a race and you literally <laughs> moved your grandma out of the we'll way to to win a race. But yeah. let's also tell the folks listening let's tell the folks listening about grandma. Demolition derby, she she was yeah. decent at it, I, I understand. No, she how was how decent pretty, at it was pretty, she?
0: Pretty badass at it. She was pretty uh, badass about de- at demolition derby. Yeah, she thirteen time uh destruction destruction derby or demolition derby uh champion. <clears throat> Uh, in the Astrodome, and uh, like I said, back back at that time, uh, you know, figure eight racing and and destruction derby stuff like that was was a pretty big deal on, on top of you know racing in general. Um, but so they had like a world championship um, that was held in New York, and I don't remember what town in New York they went to, but um, so anyhow, I I don't remember if it was Meyerland or Playland Park uh, sent Paul Paul. On behalf of of them as a figure eight champion, and then the Astrodome sent my grandma as the destruction derby champion. Um, so which back at this time we we actually talked about this the last time we went to a race in Alvin. Grandma was telling me that you know whatever track it was, Playland or, or uh, long story. They they basically both got five hundred dollars a piece. Sponsor money to go to New York on just to show. I told up. my girl, I said, "How in the hell did y'all go to New York on five hundred bucks?" Well, when you think about the timing, you know yeah. the cost of it. That was actually five hundred dollars. It was a big sponsor back then, so they went up there and, and did their deal. I don't, I don't remember exactly what the results were. Um, it was I think fact. I think grandma ended up like second or third in, in the demolition derby, but I don't remember what happened when Paul Paul's race. No, yeah. no, just the fact that she
1: got to go and participate in that was, yeah. was probably really exciting to her. Yeah, uh, I did get to speak with her a little bit at Gulf Coast. Uh, she has a ton of stories, and one day I hope to be able to talk to her on this show. <clears throat> she has a different aspect and a different attitude of the racing because of how she kind of grew up in the racing and some of, some of the stuff that she did. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, re, I truly feel blessed that I at least got to talk to her uh, and, and understand that, man, she really does have some pretty neat stories. Yeah. Well, Ray, we're glad you can come on the show today. Uh, I do have one question for you to Thunder Road podcast question. You don't have to study for this or anything like that. But uh, today the question for the Thunder Road podcast is trophy girls or no trophy girls. Trophy Which girls. do you prefer? All trophy day, girls every day. All
0: day. <laughs> they, that's, that's a long lost art that is just disappeared. I kind of miss it myself. Uh, You'd be surprised. I will say, our you know most most girlfriends, wives, mamas, whatever, they don't like it. But man, it's that's just a lost art. And <laughs> and bring the bikinis back. We ain't, we don't give a damn about it. What we really care about is the trophy and the checks, anyways. But they're it's just, just in
1: just, the way. But at least they're there. It's something along <laughs> that line. Well, Ray, right, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, making a presence on the Thunder Road podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And as the checkered flag flies in this episode, I'd like to take the time to thank Ray Allen Kahana for coming on the show and telling us his stories. Also, our sponsors, we could not do this without them. 112 Bodies, Proline Fabrication, Top Hat Sign Designs, and of course, SNS Monuments.